Hello, Dr. Dang. Welcome to you from Authentic Biochemistry Studios in the Inland Pacific Northwest. Today is the 9th of August, 2021. Now, if you've been listening recently, you know that we've been going through amino acid metabolism, trying to breeze through a somewhat complex series of reactions that yield up uh, ammonia detoxification, as well as the synthesis of uh, a large compilation of carboxylic acids, which can be driven back into intermediary metabolism for purposes of biosynthesis and bioenergetics. So we're just going to jump right back into where uh, we have recently left off in that um, lecture. I'm going to talk to you about threonine metabolism now. Threonine can be deaminated via an enzyme known as uh, threonine dehydratase. It's also, uh, we'll do the same to serine, uh, but when it's threonine, you make alpha-ketobutyrate. And alpha-ketobutyrate, of course, can go through the alpha-ketoacid dehydrogenase reaction, which is going to reduce NAD. It's going to pick up CoA, and it's also going to decarboxylate. So what you end up with that product, uh, product of that reaction is going to, of course, be propanyl-CoA. Threonine can also be reacted by threonine dehydrogenase, which will reduce again NAD to NADH. <clears throat> Product of that reaction is alpha amino beta ketobutyrate. Uh, you can then make a thioester of that, and the and of course that will yield acetyl CoA plus glycine. That's like a thiolytic cleavage reaction. And you also get a spontaneous decarboxylation of that uh, alpha-amino-beta-ketobutyrate to amino acetone, which will then be converted to methylglyoxal and then to pyruvate. So that's kind of an outline of threonine metabolism. Phenylalanine, of course, will be reacted with an enzyme called phenylalanine hydroxylase, which will utilize molecular oxygen. The uh, first product of that would be water, and it'll that enzyme will require uh, the conversion of tetrahydrobiopterin to dihydrobiopterin, and if that product of that reaction is L-tyrosine. And so that's one of the reasons that L-tyrosine is not an essential amino acid, because you can synthesize it from phenylalanine. Important consideration. Now, Remember that essentially 5678N tetrahydrobiopterin is the cofactor required for the hydroxylation uh, of phenylalanine to tyrosine. It's a very important reaction because of the utilization of tyrosine, for example, the production of neurotransmitters, but also for melanin. Um, and in the process of that reaction, remember that the, pro the other product is 7,8-dihydrobiopterin. So you have to uh, synthesize tetrahydrobiopterin from that. So there's another a, a series of reactions which will catalyze that event. <clears throat> Minor products of phenylalanine uh, metabolism are phenylpyruvate, phenylactate, and phenylacetate. And... Now we can talk about the degradation of tyrosine. Again, these are degradation reactions. Remember that there are also a lot of other uh, biosynthetic reactions that we can 
discuss in some great detail here. Okay, so tyrosine can be converted to parahydroxyphenylpyruvate, and that's after the reaction with alpha-ketoglutarate to synthesize glutamic acid. The next reaction is parahydroxyphenylpyruvate oxidase, and that will make homogentistic acid, which will then go through a second oxidase reaction, both times using molecular oxygen. First one actually was decarboxylating, second one is not. And there you're going to make malleal acetoacetate. And then the reaction uh, continues on that pathway to malleal acetoacetate isomerase. You'll make fumaryl acetoacetate. And then the fumaryl acetoacetate hydratase will generate fumaric acid and acetoacetate. So some of these intermediates you've heard, of course, many times because some of those are keto acids. Um, actually util utilizing for ketogenesis after fatty acid oxidation. So you can see that there's a crossover of metabolism of these two pathways. That's essentially the degradation of tyrosine, acetoacetate and fumarate being the end products. Now we can talk about synthesis of acetonosine with thion, and we've done this a couple of times, but I want to make sure you recall, because this is going to be a methylating agent, the product of which is going to be a methylating agent. So you start off with the amino acid methionine and, of course, ATP. And the enzyme is called methionine adenosyl transferase, and you make acetonosyl methionine, also known as Adomet. And again, that compound will be a methylating agent that's going to be used for C1 metabolism, including folic acid metabolism. Very important um, reaction sequence. So you can see how a lot of this amino acid metabolism is going to yield intermediates and end products that will drive right back into primary and secondary metabolisms. So we want to talk about the synthesis here of cysteine from S-adenosylmethionine, what we just synthesized. So S-adenosylmethionine or adomet will be demethylated and you'll make, and that methyl group will then be, for example, loaded into the folic acid pathway, or it, that methyl group can be added to cytosine residues in CPG islands that are proximal and promoter regions of nucleic acid found as DNA in the nucleus. So that methylation of cytosine, you know, is an epigenetic event. You can also methylate histones and methylate other proteins in the nucleus, thus all being epigenetic modifications, changing gene expression. You can also methylate proteins with uh, acetylcymethionine and carry out a lot of reactions that will be discussed later. Anyways, the uh, product of that after using uh, that methyl group will be acetylcysteine homocysteine, which then will be converted to adenosine and homocysteine plus serine. Homocysteine plus serine then through cystathione synthase will be dehydrated and you'll make cystathione, which will then be deaminated by cystathionase and the final products there from the degradation of acetylcysteine will be alpha-ketobutyrate and cysteine. So this is how we get cysteine from SAM or Adomet or acetylcysteine. They're all the same compound.
Okay. There's also a homocysteine desulfhydrase, which will actually take homocysteine and make ammonium ion and H2S and the product of the final product also will be alpha ketobutyrate, right? So-called ketone body. You can resynthesize methionine from homocysteine. Uh, and the way that this works out is that you utilize N5-methyl tetrahydrofolate or even betaine. And that those will be converted to, one or the other will be converted in the presence of vitamin B12 to tetrahydrofolate or N-N-dimethylglycine. Uh, and then homocysteine will react uh, in conjunction with those reactions will make methionine directly. Methionine then can be converted back to acetylene methionine by utilizing ATP we talked about. That, that methyl group can be added to an acceptor molecule such as cytosine and DNA. And one of the products being methylated acceptor, then you'll go back to S-adenosyl homocysteine, pass water over the bond, make adenosine, and you're back to homocysteine, which can then be reconverted to methionine or to cysteine. Right? So you can see how these pathways are interconverting, and you can always um, divert the metabolism based on needs of the cell. And this is also going to be regulated ultimately by downstream product utilization, which is the way it always works. Cysteine uh, catabolism or metabolism, I should say. First of all, cysteine can be converted to cysteine sulfonate, uh, which is going to be an oxidized form. Of, of The SH group will go to SO2 minus. And then also finally to hypotaurine. Uh, hypotaurine will then be a de the deamination product. Now, cysteine sulfonate can also be converted uh, by uh, co-substrate alpha-ketoglutarate going to glutamate to bisulfite, which is HSO3 minus, and also pyruvate. That hypotaurine we made before after that de after that uh, decarboxylation wasn't deamination decarboxylation of cysteine sulfonate will make taurine and also the bisulfite which is synthesized uh, via that transamination reaction starting with cysteine sulfonate that bisulfite the presence of molecular oxygen and water and the enzyme sulfite oxidase will make SO42 minus hydrogen peroxide and a proton. So that's the ultimate metabolism of cysteine. Tryptophan um, modifications will be the following. In the presence of molecular oxygen, you'll make N4-mil-kinurine. Then passing water over that bond, you will make kinurine and formate. Kinurine will go through transamination reaction making kinurinic acid and glutamate and the other substrate there was alpha-ketoglutarate. Kinurine also, you can pass water over and make alanine and anthranilate, or kinurine can be uh, reduced, and uh, that is NADPH will be oxidized, but actually molecular oxygen will be converted to water, and you will then make 3-hydroxykinurine, another transamination reaction using alpha-KG going to glutamate, will then make xan 
thuronate. The 3-hydroxyquinurine also can be converted to alanine. Uh, water is also a substrate in that reaction. And then besides alanine, you make 3-hydroxyanthronilate. Uh, put oxygen into that uh, ring structure and you open it up. You make two amino three carboxymuconic semialdehyde, which can be converted to quinolinic acid. And then finally, decarboxylation and reaction with phosphorabacyl pyrophosphate, and then ultimately the production of uh, PPI will give us nicotinate mononucleotide. So we're re rebuilding now that uh, the that particular. Um, nucleotide intermediate. Now, going back to the 2-amino-3 carboxymuconic semialdehyde, if you decarboxylate that, you can make 2-amino muconic semialdehyde, which can then react with NAD to make amino muconic acid and then glutaryl-CoA, or it can be converted directly to picolinic acid. So you can see the metabolism of tryptophan uh, provides uh, back to um, some very important uh, cofactors in metabolism, such as the nicotinite, nicotinate mononucleotide. The rest of those uh, products normally don't uh, get further metabolized in humans. They usually get excreted in the urine. Principal pathways of lysine degradation. Lysine can react with alpha-ketoglutarate in the presence of NADPH. Uh, water and NADP are produced, and you make saccharopene which is a non-protein amino acid, of course. And then the sacoropene can react with NAD in water to make NADH and generate alpha amino adipic semialdehyde, which will then be uh, reacted with NAD. Uh, NAD will be uh, reduced NADH, and you will make alpha amino adipate. The transamination reaction following that with alpha-ketoglutarate going to glutamic acid, you'll make alpha-ketoadipate. Alpha-ketoadipate then will react with NAD and coenzyme A. It's a decarboxylating enzyme uh, and also NADH uh, producing. And you make glutaryl-CoA. Glutaryl-CoA will react with FAD and FAD will be reduced and you make glutaconeal-CoA, which will be decarboxylated to crotineal CoA, uh, and then water passing over that uh, structure will give you beta-hydroxybutyl-CoA, which will finally be reacted with NAD to, in forming, uh, will reduce NAD, and you will then make, finally, acetoacetyl-CoA. This is so obviously lysine degradation is ketogenic. Histidine metabolism is the following. You'll make... Um, Urocanate from the reaction, it's a deaminating reaction utilizing the enzyme histidine ammonia lyase, or also known as histidase. Um, then the urocanate will go through the urocanase reaction, make four imidazolinone, five propionic acid, uh, react with water in the presence of the enzyme imidazolinone propionase and you'll make N-formaminoglutamate, which then will react with tetrahydrofolate and make N5-formamino tetrahydrofolate. So that level of oxidation state for that uh, carbon intermediate, uh, one carbon intermediate, and you'll also make glutamic acid in that reaction. So histidine degradation will feed back into folic acid metabolism 
and also will resynthesize glutamic acid. So that's basically histidine. Now we can kind of go through the degradation of branch chain amino acids. So valine, transaminate with alpha-KG, you go into glutamate, to alpha-ketoisovaleric acid, then react with NAD and CoA, making, of course, uh, reduced NADH, and that's decarboxylating, always is. And you make isobutyl-CoA, then react with FAD in the presence of alpha-methylacyl-CoA dehydrogenase, and you make methylacrylyl-CoA. Isoleucine, you're going to have a branch-chain amino acid transaminase, again, converting alpha-KG to glutamate. You'll make alpha-keto-beta-methylglutarate. Now we're going to react with NAD and CoA, and the enzyme is going to be an alpha-ketoacid hydrogenase, and so it's going to be decarboxylating. Uh, I'm sure you're getting this motif by now. You'll also, of course, uh, reduce NAD to NADH. You'll make an alpha-methylbuterol-CoA. And finally, then you're going to react with FAD, reducing that to FADH2, and you will make tiglial-CoA as the final product of isoleucine degradation. Leucine degradation, you go through transamination. Again, alpha-KG to glutamate. You'll make alpha-ketoisocaproate. You'll react that once again with NAD-CoA, and that's always going to yield NADH and carbon dioxide, so decarboxylating. Now you've made isovalerial-CoA. React it once again with a dehydrogenase. It's going to be FAD requiring, so you're going to reduce that to FADH2. That ends up, by the way, it's called isovalerial-CoA dehydrogenase. Now you've made, uh, as the final product for leucine degradation, beta-methylcrotonyl-CoA. So we've covered that off. Terminal reactions for degradation of these branching amino acids, particularly abelian isoleucine, from the methylacrylyl-CoA, which remember came from valine degradation, you will go through an enoyl-CoA dehydrate, or enoyl-CoA hydratase, excuse me, and you will make beta-hydroxyisobutyl-CoA. Then you'll pass water over that and make, uh, you'll remove coenzyme A, so get rid of that thioester. That enzyme is called beta-hydroxyisobutyl-CoA hydrolase, of course and you make beta-hydroxyisobutyrate, then you're going to reduce NAD to NADH, and you'll make methylmalonate semialdehyde. And then here's your next and final dehydrogenase, utilizing NAD, you're going to reduce the NADH. CoA is going to come in, and you're going to get decarboxylation, and you'll make propanyl-CoA. The isoleucine degradation product, tiglio-CoA, will uh, react with water to make alpha methyl beta hydroxybutyl coa then you're going to get a dehydrogenase which is not decarboxylating that particular one is called beta hydroxybutyl coa dehydrogenase of course it will reduce nad you'll make alpha methyl acetoacetyl coa uh react it with another mole of coenzyme a and you'll make acetyl coa and propanyl coa so now we're completely degraded valium and uh isoleucine the terminal reactions for leucine degradation, you have methylcrotonyl-CoA, as you recall, then you're going to react that with the carboxylase, which is going to utilize ATP, generate water, ADPPI, and you'll make a beta-methylglucano-CoA, excuse me, and then react that with a, with a hydratase that's going to be methylgluto 
conio-CoA hydratase. And now finally, you're going to make beta-hydroxy-beta-methylglutarol-CoA or HMG-CoA. And then hydroxymethylglutarol-CoA lyse will generate, yes, indeed, acetyl-CoA and acetoacetate. So those are the terminal reactions for leucine degradation. The conversion of propanyl-CoA uh, will then, uh, this is a propanyl-CoA carboxylase reaction, will make D-methylmalonyl-CoA. Then you'll racemate that intermediate, and you'll make L-methylmalonyl-CoA. Then you'll mutate it, and you'll make succinyl-CoA. And feed that right back into the TCA cycle, don't you know? Uh, you can also look at the synthesis of choline, betaine, and ethanolamine. Those are all going to be really important for lipid metabolism. And we'll get into those when we get back to discussing um, lipid biosynthesis, which we're, which is next on the palate. Now, glycine will be oxidized, finishing off this amino acid degradation material. Glycine will be oxidized, the presence of molecular oxygen to make hydrogen peroxide. It'll, you'll get also the release of ammonia and you'll make glyoxylate. Uh, the next reaction will utilize NAD and reduce that to NADH, and you'll make oxalate. Right, so that's the oxidation of glycine, the amino acid. Um, also, keep in mind that you have multiple reactions that are going to be involved in neurotransmitter production. So these aren't necessarily or sensu stricto degradation reactions, but in a way they are because they're utilizing the amino acids for end product um, production of these neurotransmitters. So in a way, it's a degradation of these amino acids or bioactive amine uh, biosynthesis, another way of looking at it. But you can take norepinephrine, react it with methionine. That enzyme is called phenylethanolamine N-methyltransferase. You'll resynthesize acidenosylhomocysteine, remember that pathway we just talked about, and you will then generate epinephrine because you added that methyl group. So that's, that's the interconversion between norepinephrine and epinephrine, and acetylenosylmethionine is the methyl donor for that conversion. All right. So um, there's a couple other things to just finish off. Cysteine will react with another mo molecule of cysteine. We'll, then you'll get a deamination. You'll actually make ammonium ion. Because of, the, because of water added, you're going to make pyruvate with that entire series of reactions, and then pyruvate to thiocysteine, okay? And that's actually the production of thiocysteine. Cysteine can also react with apatitoglutarate to make glutamic acid. It's, of course, a transamination. And again, I think I already mentioned this, you make beta mercaptopyruvate. In the presence of SO3 2 minus, you will synthesize pyruvate. And that's the reaction of 3-mercaptopyruvate sulfuryl transferase. And then you will make at the end of that series of reactions, thiosulfate. Thiocysteine and thiosulfate then uh, plus cyanide in the reaction catalyzed by rhodonese will make cysteine, thiocyanate, or simply thiocyanate. Uh, anion. Tyrosine can be converted via a tetrahydrobiopterin mediated pathway, utilizing molecular oxygen, converting to water. 3,4-dihydroxyphenylalanine, yes, indeed, that is DOPA. 
And then the dopa decarboxylase will make dopamine, very important neurotransmitter. Dopamine then can react with um, a molecular oxygen to generate water. And that's the dopamine beta hydroxylase. You'll make norepinephrine that way. And we already talked about norepinephrine being used in the synthesis of um, epinephrine. So I think we're about at the point where we can uh, finish off this lecture for today. You've heard a lot about neurotransmitter production. And I think we're going to make it stop a little bit earlier today because then my next big thing with amino acids is heme biosynthesis. I don't want to start that right now. We'll do that probably later today, though. So thank you for your attention. This is Dr. Dan Guerrero from Authentic Biochemistry saying bye for now. <laughs>